Hello, everyone. This is Noah and John, and we are from Urban Digs, and we are talking Manhattan. And today we got uh, Russ Putterman here, Johnny, from Keller Williams, New York City. Um, yes, we, we love do. Russ. You know, he, he, he does a ton of deals. He knows what's going on. He's a production machine. But enough about Russ. <laughs> Let's just go and talk to him and see what he has to say for himself. Right, Johnny? That's right. It's a great idea, Noah. Jump into it. All right. So, Russ, do me a favor. Um, let's just start general, and then sure. we'll slowly get into more details as this podcast goes on. But um, what are you seeing high level? What's going on in the markets, and uh, where are we at? Sure. And I love you guys, too, by the way. I mean, it goes without saying, right? Um, so, look, I mean, you know, where we are now, you know, we're almost on the anniversary. I remember last year on last year, last year on St. Patrick's Day, you know, what was happening are people really still going out? That can't be a thing. Like it's it's just crazy that it's a year later. But cer certainly, where the market is now compared to where we were a year ago is just night and day, right? A year ago, we're heading into fear, not sure what's going to happen. I remember literally in the middle of a negotiation on an apartment on the Upper West Side, kind of at a high price point, and um, you know, my buyer's like, maybe we should just wait one more week, right, and see see sort of how things shake out. And you know, it's been it's been a ride. Um, but the, the market is, is doing is doing pretty well. There's 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 uh, a ton of velocity out there. There's uh, there are deals that are being made at all price points. I think you guys have touched on, you know, through your weekly um, your weekly updates that this below two million dollar price point is certainly outperforming you know higher price points. I think that the gap between the bid and ask is narrowing. I think that there are. Uh, there are more opportunities uh, for sellers in certain situations in certain sub markets to stay more firm on their pricing. Um, you know, I think that with the increase, the increase is in um, in interest rates and the the continued increase in interest rates the rest of this year is really lighting a fire under some buyers that may have been, um, you know, waiting by the sidelines. So it's there's a lot of activity out there. Yeah, so, it's. Yeah. That's true. And I'm just curious, you know, sorry, Noah, to step on your toes there, but I'm just curious, Russ, if you could, you could talk to us about how that translates into negotiability in today's market. I mean, is it, are, are buyers still in the driver's seat or sellers have a little bit more traction here? There's no doubt that it's still a buyer's market, but I, but I do think, again, in certain situations that sellers, you know, sellers do have more leverage than they, than they did. We're actually negotiating two deals right now at around the million dollar price point where, where we went in, um, you know, pretty, pretty well below um, uh, the, the asking price and but within the the sort of you know post covid discount eight to ten percent and one of them responded at ask because they have multiple offers and the other one came down two percent um, right. so you know yeah. it's 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 interesting out there and, and so that's important to understand th th there's a difference between price action and and liquidity right and and I think yeah. what, what you're talking about right now is liquidity there's a bunch of liquidity out there. It seems to me that prices or, or bids, I should say, um, bids right now are way more aggressive than they were a year ago, right? Obviously, the buyers are, are starting to, to wake up, I guess. Um, but a lot of buyers are saying that they, 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 they fear they missed it. They fear they missed it. I'm, and I'm trying, I mean, I, I'm trying to say that you didn't miss it yet. Like the prices are off the lows. You mentioned the post-COVID discount of 8 to 10%. It, it looks like that's eroding away as we speak, but yeah. we don't quite know if it's going to sustain itself or how far, you know what I'm saying? I, yeah, for sure. And, and, and you're right. I've experienced a little bit, a little bit of all that, you know, and speaking with an investor actually from, you know, the April, May timeframe where they were like, okay, show me the blood in the water deal. Show me the blood in the water deal. And at the time I was showing them things that were 20% below asking price that they could have gotten deals done. And that wasn't enough. Right. And now, 
you know, I actually sent them an email earlier this week and saying, look, if, if New York City is the place for you, I urge you to get this done sooner than later because, you know, and, and he sort of felt like he missed the boat at that point. So it's like, you know. And if it, you felt it, like it, you missed the boat at that point, I mean, how do, they, how do these buyers feel today? And that's the whole thing. It's like prices are yeah. just off the, the fear trade's not there anymore. Yeah, you know? no, I agree. But look, in, in, in any market, right, there's a deal to be had. And if you're going to live somewhere, right, and you need to live somewhere, you know, you'll find the right property for you at the price point that makes sense. And there's, like, like we said earlier, interest rates are a real factor, right? For every, for every point that an interest rate goes up, right, which is what, what we're sort of talking about between the middle of last year and what could be the end of, end of next year. I mean, that's, yeah. that's an effective 10%, you know, differential in your purchase price. Yeah, that's a great point. And, it, you know, the other thing that we didn't really talk about is, is these discounts that, that everyone sort of, you know, marks in their brain is where the market is there. During COVID, they were very idiosyncratic. It was mainly about who was specifically selling that unit and the attributes of the unit themselves. And, and then, you know, one trade crosses 20% down. And everyone's like, oh, 20% down. That's the market for me. But I'm curious, you know, when you look at, you know, because the deals are still out there. And one of the things that we did, we did a piece a couple of weeks ago or so about how unrenovated units are basically just getting punished by the market and renovated units are sort of seeing a premium. And I'm wondering if you could, if you could talk to that when you talk about negotiation of where buyers are, if if that's uh, something in, in buyers' minds right now, they just don't want to handle work. And, but there are some buyers that are like, yeah, I'll, I'll take it on for that extra, extra discount. Yeah, I, I, was, I would say the majority, the majority of the buyers that we've come across, you know, they, they want the turnkey asset, right? Especially now when they think they can buy it and still buy it at a discount, right? And is the renovated unit that they're, that they're going to have to put time and energy into, are they getting enough of a discount from that? I, I, I definitely see more, you know, more of our buyers that want, you know, want to go in, do do little work, and sort of you know be out on the other side of it. Hey, Russ, could you talk about inventory for a moment? Um, are, are your buyers complaining that there's not that many options out there, or or, or are they asking you, or one of the units going to come on, or are they kind of comfortable with with the options that they have right now? Yeah, look, I think I think that it would be great to say that there's an inventory problem. Uh, we're, I'm not experiencing that yet. That there's an inventory shortage, quite frankly. You know, I think okay. I think that buy, buyers out there they have you know, a, a lot of different options. They have a lot of things to look at. Um, I think what they are feeling, however, is more pressure that with the things that they like, they're not the only one in the game anymore, right? So it's, you know, they need to make a move if they're going to make a move. And, you know, look, I think to that end, you know, if you're working, if you're working on a deal and you have a buyer that likes a particular deal, get on the phone with these agents, right? Get on the phone with the agent that's on the other side and, you know, and understand what the landscape is. So you can put your buyer in the best position to, to land the deal if it's the one they want. That's interesting. Let, let me just jump into that because I think you raised an interesting point. You talked about pressure and buyers feeling the pressure. And you know, everyone knows the new rules for, for open houses and you know, you see the lines here and there. And I'm, and I'm curious as an agent, you know, bringing, bringing buyers to an open house in which you walk in and you, you got gloves and booties on and you're the only person there, how are you how are you instilling a sense that hey you listen yeah the market is actually moving right now just because you're the only person in this unit right now trust me there are other people that want to see it and, and I'm up also on the sell side how do you how do you sort of you know get sellers to understand that you know the market is you know not not to be aspirationally priced but to sort of price realistically yeah i mean look i think for the seller side it's easier quite honestly i mean they, it, it's the information is so transparent what's out there, right? And although I, I, I really do believe that the bark is way worse than the bite if you're looking at New York City from an outside of New York City perspective, the sellers that own assets in, in, in Manhattan, I mean, they know what's going on, right? So I don't think that conversation is much of a challenge, quite frankly. Um, 
but look, I think when you're when you're when you're having a price conversation with them, say say, listen, this is the range because pr- pricing is, is is a challenge to begin with, right? Because where you're going to price it and where something actually transacts are two very different things, right? And a seller always wants to hear the higher number, right? And that's not necessarily the number that that they're going to transact on. So I think it's important when you're speaking to to these sellers to to give them you know, show them the comps, help them understand, you know, where we're at. Now, based upon the comps, you know, where do you think we should be priced, right? Let, let them self-discover a little bit, right? And then that helps a lot in the conversation. And then, you know, the one thing I would do in managing their expectation is say that buyers are still coming in below the asking price wherever we land here. We want to price this at a point where the market's going to, where the market's going to see us, okay? And at the same time, you know, be prepared to have, uh, have a bit of a back and forth um, on, on the deal. That's just the market that we're in right now. If you don't have to be a seller in today's market, then maybe that's not the best time for you to sell, right? But every, every, people need to, to buy and sell and move, you know, based upon what they what they have to do. Yeah. I, I love the self-discover comment that you made right there. Yeah. Everyone, and John, you made the case before that it's it's the, the idiosyncrasies that existed back then. I mean, um, we don't know how many people are, are, are really, they have to sell. They have a complete desperate timeliness to sell. I mean, luckily, if you have a desperate timeliness to sell, you're selling in a much, much better environment today than than it was a year ago. And and we like to say, if you're not selling right now, it's 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 either a, a market problem, a product problem, or a price problem. It's one of those three problems. So like if you're a product problem, if you're a first floor, you know, back unrenovated unit, yeah, that's a problem. Most units are not that situation. So it's either a market problem or a price problem. The market's fine right now, right? So it's a price problem. So Russ, let me ask you this. Sure. I got a seller. We thought we priced right, right? That's a that's a that's a very normal situation. We thought we had the price right. You went in there with the price, the seller wanted a little more, but you convinced them the price right. And you're still not getting the traffic. How do you handle that situation right now? It's it's tough. It's 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 tough. I'm actually I'm actually in that situation now. We we have we we have a couple of lower price listings that are actually not getting the traction that some of the you know so like that million to two million uh, price point is extremely active. Okay, mm-hmm. and from what we're seeing in, in things that are priced below in some studios. It's 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 a tougher sled, you know, which is which is interesting, right? Who's buying that? You know, who's coming in? And it's 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 still a price conversation, though. At the end of the day, I mean, it's it's a it's about the pricing, you know. We we had one deal where we, we were very very close on a on 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 the dollars between the bid and the ask, you know, ultimately, and, and after you know a back and forth, and the seller chose not to move forward with the deal. Okay, fine. Um, and we and we chose to rent it instead. I mean, then that's that right. that's the avenue because th- this bid was good enough that you know maybe we should have moved forward. And it's your choice if we're not going to do that. Fine. What what's the other avenue? Um, and you know, in other situations, I really do think it is price. I mean, there's only so much that you can do. You know, it's it's an apartment, right? You can't you can't extend it. You can't change uh, the outdoor space if it doesn't have it. There's only so much that you can do. So ultimately, it's a price conversation, which yeah. which is a challenge. In the deals that you're doing, sorry, John, if you have a question here, yeah, but the deals that you're actually doing representing on the buy side right now that you're failing to get, you mentioned one before that you put in, you put in a, a reasonable bid in and they only came down 2% or whatever, but think about the other deals are, how far off are you? Do you think, I mean, are, are you, are you a couple of basis points away from a deal failing or is this, is it wider than that? Yeah, uh, it's, it's close. 
There's been a few it's close deals where just sellers refuse to budge and, and buyers are, are taking the position that like, how can they not be budging at this number? And we're advising them, look, I mean, it's, it, you're, you're so close on this deal and, and, and the interest rate conversation is actually helping a lot right now because that's yeah. meaningful to say, okay, are you going to wait four months, find something else, but it's going to net effect and cost you the same thing versus getting into what you love now. But it's a, it's a, it's a real thing and they're close. Sellers refusing to budge. I mean, I guess, I guess, John, I guess, I mean, sellers have all the information. Like the yeah, it's true, and it, but it's you know it's one of the things that we've seen is that you know there's activity is not a uniform thing. You know, buyers are attracted to some things and not to others, and especially if you've been on the market for a while, then you, even if you price back at market after say 120 days on the market, you're still going to get discounted because now you're sort of you know you're stale. Yeah. But let, let me let me shift before, a little bit, Russ, because you know you before you get there, John. What, yeah. what, 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 one more thing, but th this is also why it's so important to have good conversations with the agents that you're working with, right? Because so much of life in general is about managing expectations and it's no different and especially so in, in these real estate transactions because sometimes, you know, sometimes if you, if you set the wrong expectation, you know, you can, you know, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure from, from the get-go, right? But if you're having good, transparent, open conversations, both with your clients and with the other agents to help get everyone to the same place, um, you know, it can really, you know, help people get out of their own way, quite frankly. No, that's an excellent point. It's a great transition because the next thing I want to talk about was sort of on the investor side. And it's an even more opaque market than, than the actual sales side because you're dealing with, you know, if you're talking about rents and then you're talking about who knows what the future holds. And I'm curious, yeah. how are you handling investors these days? How are you managing their expectations? What are they looking for? You know, it's, it's interesting because so much of my business historically has been doing investor side condo unit deals. Um, and, you know, a, a large majority of that was foreign investment. And so much of that is dried up now, you know, through, through the pandemic, people aren't coming here. They're, you know, what's going to happen with New York, et cetera. So, so, so it's a challenge, but what, the, one of the, the biggest issue out there right now is, is the ability to rent it, right? Even though you're going to get right. this, even though you're going to get this, this, this price, what's the cap rate look like, right? And a lot of the people that are buying this stuff are diversifying away from a bond portfolio or you know some other income-producing asset potentially. Understanding that the play in New York is is more of an appreciation play, but you know a year and a half ago you may have been looking at a you know a two and a half to a three and a half cap on on a condo on a condo unit in Manhattan that maybe if you find like a gem can touch four. Now you're more like the one and a half to two and a half with a gem to touch two eight to two nine. So it's yeah. it's it, it's hard. Yeah, no, it, it's such an interesting conversation. This cap rate because because the rental market has gotten killed. The rental, rental market, market has gotten, gotten killed. killed. However, what's also very interesting is the below two million dollar market is performing so well without all of that investment, right? Mm -hmm. Relatively speaking. So yeah. remember, and, and I know we've touched on this before. A year yeah. ago, or now a year and a month and a half ago, we were coming out of a buyer's market that seemed to you know be lasting a few months, a few months, a few years, and it was really starting to come out, and then COVID hit. Right. So yeah. I think that you're seeing that local demand still there. Right. Because that's who's buying a lot of this stuff. Um, so if you are an investor who's not as concerned about what today's cap rate is and you have, a, you know, a five to seven year time horizon, you might do very well on the appreciation of that asset, you know, over that period of time. Well, not only that, I think, you know, I think you're buying in now and I, it, I, I don't think rents are going to go up in the near term. This is sort of my own speculation, but, but I do think a year from now, two years from now, I, I think they will be higher. So 
yes, you're buying a low cap right now, but I think you'll also you'll get the benefit of appreciation as well as you're going to get an increased cap rate because the rents are going up. Sure. Uh, yeah. By the end of your by the end of your term, it's all about that commercial. It, once you start to see the commercial and the retail start to come back, you're going to see rentals come back in a big way. You're going to it's it's. I don't think it's going to be this slow sledging turnaround. Yeah, I think it will be a V. I agree with John. I think we got some time because I think commercial and retail still has to work through its problems. So this could I, be I a 22, think- 23, 24, and beyond phenomena, right? Kind of thing. But but uh, again. Inflation, deflation, John. I mean, they printed seven trillion dollars so far. They printed 1.2 in 2009. That led to 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15—an amazing period for Manhattan real estate, right? Seven trillion now. Look ahead, and urban didn't do what suburban did. We're still kind of out. We're just getting out of the gutter. Uh, sorry, I, I'd just like to respond to Noah before I get to you, Russ. So, two, two things. So, I, I, I think that on the rental side and the investor side, I still think. Even though, even though it's somewhat attractive on, on the medium long-term prospect, I think there's an enormous amount of political risk and that yeah. sort of weighs down expectations. On the NOAA side, you know, one of the interesting things about today's market compared to the rise up to the peak was the rise up to the peak was fueled by a lack of inventory, which we're not really suffering. We have a decent amount of inventory and we're still going gangbusters. So that's, that's an interesting right. dynamic. And now if I could you know, shift, I know we're running short on time here, Russ, but if I could shift to sort of how do the dynamics, because I know you do a lot of work in the suburbs in, in New Jersey and Long Island, and I'm curious, how does that dynamic of the suburb compare to those in, in the city? Because we know the suburbs took off hot, you know, right at the peak of COVID when, you know, people were looking for space. Is that, is, are those markets still running hot and how do they compare to the city? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're on fire. It's, it's almost like the, it's almost like the exact opposite thing, right? In, in New York City right now, you, you want a super motivated, ready, willing, able buyer, ready to go. In, in, in the suburbs, there's such an overflow of that, that you need the, you need the product. Um, but yeah, the, you know, we, we, we do, and I have great partners in, in, in both Long Island um, and Monmouth County, New Jersey. And, you know, the, the, the feedback and the conversations are, you know, it's not even about, necessarily getting a listing it's like okay mr buyer i know this off-market deal i'll just take you there right now and let's get it done right something goes something goes on the market something goes on the market and if it's priced remotely well it's gone in three days literally gone in three days we 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 have a client actually moving out from out of state um, who wants to come into you know into an area in uh, in new jersey and they have a million and a half dollar budget and they're expanding their search to towns they wouldn't necessarily go to because number one, they can't get here quick enough to buy it. And number two, it's, um, it just goes so quickly. You have to be so competitive and you're dealing with cash buyers and, you know, in the, in the suburbs, there are things like inspections, right? There's contingencies that are more, it's a little more intricate. Um, And by the way, doing deals in Manhattan is so much better. (laughs) <laughs> and a much different price point usually i mean listen i don't know how much that trade goes on for i mean that's the, the suburban markets i mean maybe they got another eight months or a year left into them but you will see a reversal there's no inventory that, that's the problem yeah but there was no inventory in 2006 2007 as well and then you know the, the, these things climb a wall of worry and something happens and it kind of changes things i do see lumber prices i see what you're talking about um, um, and you and know it's that, that, that it's also new, new home starts, right? New home starts from you know from 2009 through today really haven't hit the the minimums they need to. I think just last year they did. Um, so it'll, yeah. it'll, it'll it'll be interesting to see the way it plays for sure. Yeah, I still think there'll be a rotation at some point. But listen, we're ending down here. Let's do final final thoughts here, Russ. Uh, I am a professional agent. I have my buyers out there. What am I telling my buyers right now? 
Yeah, I would, I would tell your buyers, like, listen, there's, uh, there's a lot more demand out there than there was, you know, six, eight months ago, for sure. Um, you know, make sure you, you make sure you still have the things lined up that you need to, you have your, your pre-approvals ready to go. You have your proof of funds ready to go. Um, have, ha have everything that you need, put yourself in a, in, in a position where you can, you can win the bid, having your attorney lined up when you're putting in offers. I mean, these things are, are, you know, starting to become more and more important because, you know, you want the seller to know that you're, that you're real and ready to go. And then, you know, yeah. just make sure you have real honest conversations with them about where pricing is, what's going on, show them, show them the comps, show them what's active on the market right now also, and, and put them in a position to win. Yeah. Present strong. What would you tell the sellers? I would just, I would tell sellers to remain realistic in where pricing is, right? Mm -hmm. We're, we're going to put this on the market um, at whatever price. And this conversation isn't that much different in any market, quite frankly, but look, we're going to put this on the market at this price. If we're not getting the traction that we need to, this is the market speaking to us. Okay. And we, we need to listen so that, you know, we're not chasing the price down and we can be in a position, you know, to, to get that bid that we want to, to win. Be prepared to negotiate off whatever number we're gonna uh, we're gonna be gonna be asking because that's still the market that you know that we're in. And at the same time, you know we've seen a bit of an uptick in activity. So so yeah. you know there, there may there may be more than one you know person at the dance. And you know as a big caveat to that, it's very much price point driven, right? I'm having a yeah. different conversation with a million and a half dollar seller than I am with a seven and a half million dollar seller. Good stuff. stuff. I love it. Russ Putterman, Keller Williams, New York City. You are amazing. Thank you so much. That is John Walkup. I am Noah Rosenblatt. We are both from Urban Digs. This has been Talking Manhattan, and we'll catch you next time.